0: oh yeah all right it's another edition of the unreasonable odds podcast that got you going there didn't you looking ahead to week four here How hard is can... that
2: just... grunting noises
0: i was excited it's week four you know the public okay. did pretty well last week people are feeling good after a, a two week slaughter i think we gotta you know have some energy here because the past couple weeks has felt like a funeral starting this podcast don't you agree welcome back Well, here, welcome back. The public is back, baby, unless you bet the Chiefs and you probably aren't back. Uh, But that being said, uh, as always, as we do here in the early week, we do have two pods this week. I know last week we only had one. We will have two pods this week here. So we're going to get to odds are with Johnny Avello in just a moment. Then after that, Julie and I will take a quick glance at the week. Four board, dive a little bit into the Thursday night football game as well, which should be an interesting one here with uh the injury concerns that the, the Dolphins are dealing with right now. The only 3-0 team in the league right now. But you know, the way it's looking, potentially uh they could be handed their first loss by the Bengals, who are much healthier than the bang- than the uh, excuse me, than the Dolphins are right now. So we'll get into that in just a minute. But let's start off here with odds are with Johnny Avello and get an inside look to the DraftKings Sportsbook.
2: You heard the music. If you are a listener of the Unreasonable Odds podcast, you already know what it means. It is time for Odds Are with Mr. Johnny Avello of DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny, how are we doing?
1: Hey, fellas. Uh, very well, thank you.
2: All right, Johnny. We got three weeks in, uh, in the book. We're on to week four, but... Outside of the Chiefs going down in week three, which may I remind you, I pointed out on last week's episode, would be that week's Cowboys versus Bengals uh, road upset, pat myself on the back. No, I didn't have what it takes to bet the Colts, but I called it. Um, It felt like it was a day that the public was able to strike back on some sides, Bengals over Jets, Ravens over Pats, Eagles over Commanders. How did the book do in week three, and which games kind of led to you guys paying out the most?
1: Uh, the public was able to strike back, as you say. Uh, yeah, some, but we still had another marvelous day. Uh, you, you know, the, the main three, Bengals, uh, Ravens, and Eagles. Uh, Panthers against the banged up and inconsistent James Winston, that was also a play. Um, Falcons as a small dog were also a choice and the Cowboys last night were the choice over the Giants now that game we didn't do too bad we had some pretty good two-way action but uh, the Cowboys were a small small loss
0: so we assume obviously the Chiefs were good for the book I mean at one point the Chiefs had 90% of the money and, uh, and bets coming in on them before some of that sharp Colts money came in what other games helped the house the most last week?
1: Yeah, the Chiefs were the biggest moneymaker for the house, for sure. Uh, You know, I could see that coming early, and Sunday morning that continued right through until kickoff. I was followed by the Bills losing to the Dolphins, Um, Broncos' one-point win, uh, that worked out well for us, as well as the the Packer win uh, and a Viking win, Uh, a, a miracle Viking win, I might say.
2: A uh, really interesting Thursday night game to kick off this week four uh, slate. The Dolphins, thanks to the Giants' loss on Monday Night Football that you just mentioned, the Dolphins are now the only team in the NFL that are 3-0 straight up and 3-0 against the spread. And they find themselves underdogs at the 1-2 and two Bengals. Tua dinged up on Sunday. There's news about him being more banged up than we thought. This one kind of off that news moved from three to three and a half. Now, as we record on Tuesday afternoon on the East Coast, sitting at Bengals minus four at minus 105 on DK Sportsbook. What have you seen so far when it comes to this game and where bettors are putting their dollars? Because I know the early splits were pretty heavy Miami. Is this going to kind of loop back with the Miami injuries or are people just going to keep taking undefeated Miami taking points and kind of leave some value here on Cincy?
1: Yeah, let's talk about the news there, uh, Jules. You know, Coach McDaniel says Tua T is not in concussion protocol. From So what do we know? You know, from what I'm reading, it's back and ankle injuries. Right. If he goes, uh, if he doesn't go, Teddy Bridgewater is a very good backup. Uh, but the team is playing just so well behind Valoa. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, got this team motivated and everything's just gelling right now. Um so, so far they're siding with the Bengals and they're siding with the under 48. The opener was 47. But always keep this in mind. I think the betters noticed too. The Bengals like to keep games close. Um, you know, they're, they're one of those teams when they win, they win small, usually. And although this week they, you know, beat the Jets up a little bit. And they, you know, when they win, it's close. When they lose, it's close. So I think this thing's going to come back a little bit, regardless of who goes at the QB spot.
0: Moving on to Sunday, another interesting one we have here. The Raiders are the only 0-3 team, both straight up and against a spread in the NFL. But they are favorites over the Broncos, who are 2-1 right now. As we record this, the Raiders are 2.5-point favorites. But I guess you could also say that the Broncos are maybe a fairly fraudulent 2-1 team right now. Um, I think that's fair to say right there. Um, how are we seeing this game bet specifically as of right now?
1: Well Steve, uh, that's the best winless team in football the Raiders. They could be. I mean go back and look at the games. They three and all very easily, right? Um, you know, the thing about this team, you know, and I I've, I've been watching them now for a couple of years here in town. Carr shows signs of brilliance at times, yeah. but sometimes yeah. the mojo just doesn't work. So maybe it's, you know, maybe they the Raiders need to try something new uh, and that doesn't mean put car on a bench. That means get rid of Carr. So maybe the Raiders and the Cardinals should look at a straight up swap car for Kyle, for Kyler Murray, because it's not working for the cards either. So enough of that, my, you know, what I think should happen. I don't think, you know, they're going to, I'm not the GM of the team, but uh, to the game itself, I believe uh, this late afternoon contest going to be one of the bigger decisions for us. Um, We open the Raiders one and a half, it's two and a half, and I do not anticipate a slowdown in Raider money in this game.
2: All right, Johnny Velo coming on the Unreasonable Odds podcast, throwing out fantasy trades. Uh, Derek Carr for Kyler Murray. We'll we'll see if that one gets done. The Raiders, by the way, fun stat on the Raiders. Not only are they 0-3, but their opponents are 0-6 in their combined games when not playing the Raiders. All of their only wins, the Chargers – the Titans and the Cardinals, they all only have one win and it's over the Raiders. So I don't mean, And yet some pretty I
1: mean, good teams you mentioned, by the way, those, right. teams, and those teams are all at least 500 teams.
2: Yep. And yet their, their only win through three weeks is against the Raiders mm-hmm. and they've lost they combined six other games. It's, it's wild. And here we are with the Raiders as a growing favorite <laughs> in week four. Um, all right, let's talk the the rest of the week four card because I think it's a difficult one. Not much jumped out to me uh, this week.
0: A lot of close. What words are
2: some of the what are some of the spots that betters are investing early in that you've seen on DK Sportsbook?
0: Yeah, there's a
1: few. Uh, Vikings at the Saints. The Vikings are up to three after opening up uh, one point choice. The Jets at the Steelers opened up. Jets plus three and a half. That is now down to a key number three. So there's some early jet money here showing up. Uh, They also like the 2 and one Jags, who are playing some pretty good football at Philly, getting almost a TD, and the Chiefs at Tampa. uh, But that one may not hold up. You know, the Tampa always seems to take money. So if the Chiefs get too high, that'll be a
0: buyback. And then also let's – What are some other games that really haven't been heavily bet that you think will move by kickoff?
1: Uh, The Bills at the Ravens, it's a good one. Uh, That'll be a heavily bet game. It's three and a half. That three and a half I think will get gobbled up with the Ravens at home by game time. Uh, Browns are a small favorite at the Falcons. I could see a pick in that one. Uh, The Panthers, a two-point home favorite, could see a pick, or even the Cards, the favorite. By Sunday in that one.
2: All right. So there's some other other movers. Um, let's talk player props for a second because we've we've touched on them from time to time this season. Are there any player prop markets that you've noticed that have been taking heavy action on a weekly basis? Like a specific player that that betters keep going after that you guys have been paying out so far this season? Oh yes,
1: yes. There is a gentleman named Cooper Cup. Uh, first. <clears throat> First touchdown scorer, any time scorer. I mean, you know, he's he gets the job. Then he, uh, the Lamar Jackson, any time scores. Uh, you know, been heavily bet all season. Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase in all the categories. Uh, Devontae Adams hasn't panned out yet, but I think he will. Uh, Saquon Barkley gets his share in the New York uh, contingent. And I'll tell you another name, guys, Cortland Sutton up in Bronco land, he's now getting some weekly attention.
0: Any team this week that has been taking some unusual money in the futures market, not just specifically AFC, NFC, but uh, NFC, but their division or any in season win totals. Uh, Lamar Jackson
1: and Jalen hurts. They're both of those guys are picking up interest in the MVP market. Uh, The Jags now at, plus 225 to win the AFC. I mean, you know, could happen. It wouldn't be a surprise, would it, to anyone the way things are going there. Uh, and uh, the Jags, uh, over seven and a half wins. That's going up, and that's people are betting that, thinking that team's going to end up with a very successful year.
2: All right. The Jags are the team, it sounds like. Win total and AFC South uh, taking the money after after three weeks this season. Um, All right, Johnny, before we let you go, a little bit of college football as usual. Another chaotic Saturday. Uh, What were some of the games that made betters the most money on Saturday? What were some of the games that uh, were best for the book on Saturday?
1: Yeah, you guys probably could figure this one out without me telling you. But for the betters, Ohio State's blowout of Wisconsin was best. And Notre Dame, and we talked about that last week. We did.
2: I was on the wrong side. I was on UNC, <laughs> and Notre Dame finally got that offensive line together, ran all over UNC.
1: Yep, and cast on the money line for the betters
2: For the house,
1: uh, the Wolverines not covering at home against the Terrapins. Uh, that was a good one for us. And K-State beating Oklahoma. Uh, they were the two best for the house.
2: I've, I want to sneak one quick one in, Johnny, just your opinion on something because – This was something, so I I put out, um, you know, when a game is under a key number of three, I liked Arkansas a lot against A&M. We got some rough luck in that one with the return before halftime, and then obviously the kick that goes off the upright. That one lands on two. A&M beats Arkansas by two. I put it out as a a money line play, but it had been sitting at two and a half all week. So this is just kind of in general, because I know you don't have numbers in front of you, but when a game is like two and a half points or less in football, how do you notice betters going after these games in terms of taking the point when it's on the dog specifically in terms of taking the points versus going after the money line? Because I know three is that key number where, all right, I'll probably take the plus three. And once it's under there, I'm like, mm, I'll just go to the money line. And in this case, lands on two and it bites you.
1: Uh, first of all, Jules, one thing to tell you is that the three is a key number in football, but it is not as key in college football as it is in the pros.
2: So, right.
1: The betters, when you know, three, two and a half, two, one and a half. If there's any, you know, all those pluses. If they like that one side, the betters they're they're betting the money line in that particular game. So the points don't come into the betters' mind. Overall, at least on our network, they like to bet the money line. If they see any kind of plus at all, they they think the team can win the game straight up.
0: And then to wrap it up here for week four, what are some of the games that have moved the most since they opened up, and which ones do you think can see significant movements before kickoff?
1: Uh, some of the games that moves uh, Penn State minus twenty four and a halfs up to twenty six and a half at home versus Northwestern. That that's going to continue to rise. That's going to keep going up. Clemson four and at home opened up eight. Uh, against the also 4-0 NC Wolfpack. Uh, that game is now down to six and a half. Um, another battle of the unbeatens, Ole Miss at home is up to six and a half after opening up on, four, only four over Kentucky. Uh, USC is, you know, you talk about some where, where, you know, is the line going to continue to rise or move? Can USC is going to be 27 Point favorite by game time over Arizona State. I mean, they just did not have their offense going last week. At all. I thought Oregon State played a great game, probably the better game and loss. But now uh, USC will get a weak defense so they can probably score some points on. I think the betters will be all over that. In um, Arkansas, uh, you mentioned them, but they have a very formidable team. Uh, you know, Republic's not going to let the pedal off the tide on the road. I don't care. If, you know, over 17 or not, they're going to continue to bet the tide. And they're going to continue to bet the tide each and every week.
2: All right. You mentioned uh, you mentioned NC State and Clemson there. No, just because NC State beat Clemson last year, nobody thinks that they can go into Death Valley and win this game. Wolfpack are live to take this one again. Heard it here first. Um,
0: but are you going to bet it? Huh? Are you going to bet it, though? Like, you keep making these calls,
2: but yep. are you going to bet it? Yep. I said last week, Oregon State was going to shock the world against USC. I took the plus seven. I sprinkled the money line. They were this close to the money line. Um, so we'll just do it this week with, with the Wolf Wolfpack. Wolfpack's going to win this game. Um, all right. For Odds Are, for Johnny Avello, for Steve Buchanan, that's another Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, thank you as always for joining us, and we will talk next week.
1: You're welcome, guys. Have a fine one.
0: All right, thanks as always to Johnny Avello joining us here on the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. Now it's back to Julian and myself. We're going to take a look at this week four board, but really going to focus on this really good Thursday night game. And that's not something I say often because that's usually not the case, it feels like. And I'm hoping that these primetime games that we've seen so far, we get a good one here on Thursday. I mean, to be fair, the second half of the Cowboys-Giants last night was good. The first half was just absolutely dreadful, but that that's in the past. We're not going to focus on that here. We're going to focus on we got a good,
2: good Chiefs Chargers Thursday night football game and this one kind of feels like it could be like that.
0: Yeah. If we um, if we get the,
2: healthy teams.
0: Right. And that's kind of where the big news is here for Dolphins at Bengals. Um we all saw what happened to Tua in that game last week where it looked like like truly when He was running off the field. I don't know if you saw the replay, Julian. When he was running off the field, like he looked like he was anywhere but on the football field. And I was like, oh, he's done. He's absolutely done for. And then he comes out for the second half. And I was like shocked and he looked good. Like everything was good. And the Dolphins kind of came out after that game, said he's dealing with a back injury and an ankle injury. Um, And since that news has kind of come out, that has shifted the odds here um, pretty considerably. Last week. This was Bengals at minus one and a half, and now it is at minus four as we record this Tuesday afternoon around 30 in the afternoon here on the East Coast. So pretty significant movement on this one here. If you like the Bengals on the look ahead line here last week, I mean, you're sitting pretty right now at minus one and a half, but moved up to four now, and It's at a number now where I'm starting to maybe think about backing the Dolphins in this one, but there's also some legitimate concerns because if Tua is not fully healthy, this offense has been great, but the offense has been great through the air. It's not like their ground game has been anything special. And if they have to rely upon that ground game more, then that would definitely be a negative going against this Bengals team. And the Bengals pass rush has also been one of the best in the league so far this season. They're ranked within the top five Uh, pro football focus has them ranked number four overall in the league thus far. So not only getting pressure on Tua, which has been difficult so far, he's only been under pressure on 25% of his dropbacks, but getting pressure on him with potentially a bum angle and a back injury, how much is that really going to affect this offense? So, Julian, what do you think about how this line is right now at minus four? Are you siding with the Dolphins, or are you still kind of on the Bengals here?
2: I would have loved to get some of that Cincy look-ahead, like a minus 125, minus 130 look-ahead money line on the Bengals. And real quick, perfect time to promote, if you do like this game, just Mm -hmm. bet – I think this number is going to come down a little bit. Um, Like Johnny kind of said, people are going to put their money – I think two is going to play. And I think when that becomes official – this maybe comes back to three and people are going to put their money on the dolphins, but you decide I'm not here. I'm not here to tell you who to pick, make your pick, but whoever you bet on the money line, make sure that you opt into that seven point early win promo or running it again on drafting sports book. Maybe rumors that it's not back. Oh, it's back. Team leads by seven cash, your bet, wipe your hands clean. Don't worry about a comeback. Um, so yeah, if you're betting the game, make sure that you do that on the money line and, uh, get your seven point early win promo, but this is Bengals are nothing for me and I'll have my Thursday night football best bets article up on the DraftKings playbook. <laughs> do people really think that the Dolphins are going to go four and and keep winning games in this fashion? They beat a bad, bad Patriots team 20 to seven in week one, just as we, Thought that they would, um, and back to Miami. Then they come back and have a historic fourth quarter for the ages against a Ravens secondary that was down multiple bodies, and yep. win that game on the road. Ride that momentum into somehow beating the the Bills twenty-one to nineteen. They got doubled up more than doubled up in yards. Um, go through that box score like that. I looks feel like you're not
0: giving them enough credit, though. Like, I get Miami's good. Miami. They've
2: been in. Miami's good. I bet them in week one. And, um, you know, I thought that they were a good bet for over eight and a half wins. Like, they're good. But now you're going short week on the road yeah. to a Cincy team that, yes, it's the Jets. But sometimes you just need a confidence builder to right. go on the field and do it and feel good. Now you're at home on the short week against a dinged up team. Just carry some of that Jets momentum and be like, yes, we are this Bengals team that made that Super Bowl run last year. I I think this comes down to three, and that's where I want to play it. I want to play Cincy minus three. If it's if it happens to be three and a half at kickoff, I'll I'll still take it. I think Cincy's the right side in this game in what is a, a a bad spot for Miami and a spot that the Bengals have to kind of keep some momentum going.
0: And I think it's kind of funny too because we all think we all we all obviously remember how bad Joe Burrow looked in that first week against the Steelers when they were just getting a ton of pressure on him, obviously had a massive lot, amount
2: of. of getting after him In week one, Parsons getting after him in week two. Yeah. Jets don't have a pass rush. It's non-existent. And then they look better.
0: Right. And then goes on to face the Jets complete 64% of his past attempts, 275 yards, three passing touchdowns in that game. He was phenomenal in that game last week, average distance of target of just over nine yards. That was the uh, um, the highest that he's done all season long thus far. So this is a much better spot and that Dolphin secondary it's pretty banged up, obviously, with Xavier Howard and all that coming in. Banged up, going up against, you know, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins. T. Higgins has been great too, by the way. I don't think it's been stated enough. Obviously, the the attention is always on Jamar Chase, who is a red zone target monster and stuff. But T. Higgins has been a very comparable wide receiver too on this team. So there is a lot of reasons to like the Bengals in this one, but I'm just not crazy about the number at, at, at four right now. So. If you do think that this is coming back, then obviously that would be something that I'd be more interested in, but I don't love it at four. I, I, that, that's the number where I really kind of pause and have to think about.
2: Um, that's fair. It, and injuries pushed it to where it is. I just, I think it will come back and it's, it's bangles are passed for me and I'll definitely be writing up the bangles in my article. Um, hoping for three and firing at three and a half. If we, if we get it back. Um, a little early for this, and I don't have any answers. But anything player prop wise Thursday night football that you're that jumps out to you?
0: Um, nothing even, yet. The I mean, Miami
2: side isn't even the Miami side isn't even posted. I should say as we record. i was just going to say we don't even have
0: too much out there right now. So uh, right. that probably have to be something we'll post on Twitter if we do get into that. So at Julian Edlow at SBK 24. Uh, if we see anything that pops out, we will certainly post it on there i did want to ask you about the total though despite the injuries the total really hasn't moved too much it's at 47 right now uh any lean on that it's probably a pass for me uh but just thought i didn't know if you had any answers on that if if both teams were healthy i would definitely probably be leaving towards the over on this one but I probably would be more interested in taking the Bengals team total in this one rather than the total in the game. I think that's where um, I think I'll be leaning in this one, but didn't know if you have any thoughts on that one.
2: Under or pass and probably a pass. I want to side with the Bengals before I pass up uh, before I played the total, I think, but primetime unders have been a thing, eight and two uh and both of these teams have played to the under in the early going this season so this would be an under or or pass uh especially in primetime games at this point um yep go ahead
0: i was just gonna bring up how bad these primetime or unders have been or how good i should say how these primetime unders have been so far
2: yep eight and two um this one is certainly not prime time, but it's breakfast time, uh, 9.30 a.m. on the East Coast. Vikings and Saints is the – is it a London game? I didn't even look. Yeah. I know it's an international yeah. game. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not going to play that game, and Johnny mentioned the Vikings are kind of growing favorites. The Saints off to a bad start. Jameis dinged up. Those have been under teams so far. It's 43 and a half. If that got back to the key number of like 44, I don't yeah. see that being worse than a 24 to 20 game in terms of scoring. Um. Yeah. I don't, that, that just kind of, I've circled as like maybe a little underplay while we're getting ready for that Sunday show eating cereal. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got.
0: There is a um, – we mentioned this off the air before we came on. This is a pretty tough board, I think, this week. What do you make of the Lions-Seahawks game? Because they were a six-point favorites before the DeAndre Swift news came in. Now it's dropped down to four and a half.
2: Yeah, the total um, rises.
0: I, right, and that that was actually where I was going to go with this. That's a little odd to me. What do you What do you make of that one?
2: No clue. I'm staying away from that one. I think the Lions win the game, but they're at a weird number at four and a half where you're right. just in between a lot of key numbers um, I think the Lions win, and uh, like that's all they i got. should sometimes joke yeah, sometimes you don't have much of a take, and I don't have much of a take i think the the four and a half point home favorite is the the side in that game.
0: The other big injury that's affecting a line here, obviously, Patriots and Packers. Uh, Mac Jones presumably not going to play in this one. They keep saying that maybe, you know, they, they don't know what they're going to do with him at this point because he wants to do one thing. Patriots want him to do another. The Patriots want him to get surgery and Mac Jones doesn't. I think I have that in the correct order. Um, suffered a high ankle sprain in that game last week. Um, so it's sounding like Brian Hoyer is going to get the start, which it feels like he's been with the Patriots longer than Jimmy Garoppolo was at this point. I feel like he's never left. Um, but this has moved the Packers to ten and a half point favorites. I feel like the Packers should still cover. I don't know if I'm getting ready to take them at 10 and a half, but like I'm not giving the Patriots much of a chance in this one because it's actually really unfortunate. Because that might have been one of Mac Jones' best games since coming into the league, uh, we saw him run more than I think we've had in any game this season. Like he was, maybe he saw so much of Lamar Jackson. He's like, well, I can do that too. I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm, not. I'm gonna start You've running it out too. If you, I, I, I wish I, I, I meant to look at this up before it was. I would have loved to have known what his uh, rushing yards attempt was, Mac Jones, because I can't imagine it was more than uh, – it had to be under double digits. Like I can't imagine it was more than – if I had to guess, like if I had to take a shot in the dark, six and a half would probably be a number that would seem um, acceptable, and he obviously blew past that. Um, is this also a Packers or nothing for you, or are you just going to skip over this game altogether because this obviously has been a big mover since Sunday?
2: Yeah, I wish I had Green Bay on the look ahead, which I considered at at five – um mm. would have been nice but like again neither of us are too high on the board i i don't think the unders an awful play at 40 and a half
0: yeah yeah
2: um yep. the game is just going to slow down Belichick's going to coach it to slow it down um the packers have been pretty low scoring if you take away a bears game so far what yep. was it? Seven in Minnesota, 14 with the win in, in Tampa. Uh, you know, uh, this one feels like a grinder. I see no way that Hoyer and the Patriots win. So, uh, in, you know, without trying to sound like a complete bozo, the Packers are a safe money line parlay piece at minus 500. If you're stringing three games together and you need to get it down to even money or something, go for it. But yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got, I got nothing. I could see it being like, I could see this being a 20 to 10 game that the Patriots cover the 10 and a half. Like that wouldn't shock me either. So yeah, I I don't really know what, what to do with that one.
0: I think I'm in on the under on that game. I think that's a, I think that's a fair play. I think that's one that I'm going to be kind of circling ahead of Sunday to take the under in that game. I think that's a pretty good play. I do like that one in that game. Okay. I want to um, bring up one more and then I'll let you kind of go wherever you want here. But um, one game that's kind of flipped the script from where it was a week ago is Panthers and Cardinals. Mm -hmm. Panthers were three point underdogs last week and now are two and a half point favorites against the Cardinals. In your wildest dreams. Looking at these look-ahead lines, did you ever expect the Panthers to be two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cardinals here in Week 4 at any point?
2: Probably not, but I find these teams so so hard to get a feel. Oh, they're terrible. They're terrible. And Johnny, like Johnny said to us, he could see Arizona closing a favorite in this one. Um, I don't know if I agree with him, but he has much more experience in that realm than I do. Uh, I would say I th- I would say maybe this
0: closes at a one and a half rather than the Cardinals. The yeah,
2: fans. I I I don't like the Cardinals this year.
0: I don't like the, yeah Cardinals. Period.
2: Uh, yeah. Um. So I don't. I mean, if you made me bet this game, I would take the Panthers minus one thirty on the money line. I think yeah. the Panthers at home win win the game most likely.
0: I was just shocked by that because I do peruse at some of the the lines, and then when I was looking at this again, I was like I. I don't think they were favorites before no. <laughs> and nothing really like injury wise has changed. Right. Like that's usually kind of where you would see that type of movement, but right. it's really just been, I think people are that down on the Cardinals that just all that money's coming in on the Panthers at this point, which is crazy. Cause like, it's not like the Panthers have been anything special either. So it's like, is this more of, is this more indicative of the Panthers average play or the Cardinals just putrid play? I guess.
2: Um, I think it's both. It's always both when you get this much yeah. of a move. Um, but, yeah, I, I would side with the Panthers. Um, all right. I have two bets for for week four that I've put in and two spots I want to talk about. So let's talk about the two spots, then I'll give you the two bets.
0: Okay.
2: This total is dropping, and totals are tricky this week in both college and NFL, particularly college, because of, obviously, the, the storm going on. Um, yeah. But Baltimore and Buffalo has been coming down. It's at 51.5, minus 105 to the over. Both secondaries are dinged up. It's Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen. You got the Bills coming off a bad offensive performance in terms of getting points on the board, even though they had like 500 yards. Lamar Jackson scores whatever it was, 37 against the Patriots, 38 against the Dolphins, only 24 in week one, but they could take their foot off the gas against the Jets. So they've been putting up points. Buffalo has no secondary. Baltimore has no secondary with Josh Allen in a bounce back spot with Diggs and Davis and that crew. I don't know what I'm missing here in terms of this one going down, but, and you know, like we mentioned, Johnny talked about the MVP market. This is a big game for the MVP race. Yeah. Uh, I, I think both quarterbacks play well and we see points in, in this game. What do you think? Am I, am I missing something here?
0: I don't think so because, like the the Bengals just lost another cornerback last week. It was Christian Benford. Ben- Benford, I think it was last week, broke his hand. So now they're down Dane Jackson, Tre'Davious White, and Benford. So now they're down three corners in that one. And then they also just lost uh, an offensive lineman during that game too. It was, um, um I think it was oh Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle went down too towards ACL. So. They're down a bunch of starters in this game. And with the way that, like, Lamar has been passing lately, like, he should be able to eat up at whatever the is left of that secondary. So uh, I'm with you. I'm surprised that this total is going down. Unless it's just one of those things where, you know, maybe – somebody knows something that we don't maybe there's an right. injury that we don't know about and we'll hear about later in the week what was it last year that something like this was very similar to happening and it was it was weird and then it was like oh there's something coming it might have been a COVID thing if I'm to be well, honest the
2: co- yeah the COVID ones were always yeah. impossible to predict but,
0: but that, like, like to me like, that feels like the only explanation if, if there's something that s- some people know that we don't yet and that's why this total is coming down because otherwise you would think Under- it's trending in the Other direction, yeah.
2: I mean, another point is just unders are 63% so far this season, sure. So, but is this a game to attack? Like, right, (laughs) totals in the 50s are coming down, but yeah, I don't. This one, I'm gonna this will be like a kickoff play for me if I put out a play on the total here, wait till Sunday, put it out then. The other one, I'm scared to get involved in this game. The look ahead line was three, it's now Colts minus three and a half at even money on DraftKings Sportsbook. The Colts are my largest position in the futures market to win this division, and this is a huge divisional game for them, sitting at 0-1-1 in the division. But it's their first home game, and it's both teams coming off a win. I think the Titans are awful. If I was not so high on the Colts to win the division, or so heavy, rather, on the Colts to win the division, I would be trying to lay three on the Colts in this game. Uh, I think the Colts are better, and they're going to turn this season around. I, I don't believe in the Titans' thoughts on this one. I,
0: I, I am so down on, on the Titans like I'm down on the Titans I'm down on the Cardinals like those are two teams that like I do not envision myself backing at any point this season because I'm just so down on both teams the the only thing that I will say about the Titans that I can't believe it's taken this long though but it feels like they're getting Derrick Henry more involved in the passing game and it's like well yeah if you're going to be constantly playing games from behind you need to get Derrick Henry involved, and like now we're kind of seeing him catch a little bit more out of the backfield. It's not a big amount by any means. Don't get me wrong, but it was nice to see him get some targets last week. Because like they, he'll be useless if that's the point. If they're not going to use them when they're down, because they're always down at this point. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm still I'm still with the Colt, the Colts here in this game um, at three and a half. I think it's a it's a fine spot for them. And I don't think this is a situation either where I would want to sell high on the Colts coming off that Chiefs win. Like I, you know, I
2: felt you like can they say actually... You can say the same thing about the Titans who got there first.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I have no issue back in the Colts here.
2: All right. So I got those two spots circled, but most likely my card's going to come down to three three-point home favorites this week. One of them, hopefully yeah. the Bengals at three. We're not there yet. The other two gross NFC East teams. I put this one out on... Sunday I took the Giants minus two and a half against the Bears it went to three and a half on Tuesday morning it's now settled at three three is probably the last I would play it at Um, but I have the Giants at minus two and a half against the Bears Giants are coming off a loss they got pressured a lot by a good Dallas defense I I think that they get back on track at home against a two and one Bears team that is much worse than their record the Bears are going to have way more trouble protecting Fields than the Giants are protecting Jones um so i just think this is a good spot for the giants to to get right at home even though they might not be the greatest team and people were starting to think yeah. that they can beat the cowboys they can get off to a 4-0 start and be something no they're the giants they're not something but they're still good enough to beat the bears at home
0: uh, i i'll give the giants more credit than i think you are right now like um Daniel Jones was just under pressure on a ridiculous amount of dropbacks last night. Like, over, I think it was over 50% of his dropbacks. Like, it was insane. But when he had time to throw, he was dropping them last night. Like, I know there was a couple of drops, like Galladay and stuff like that, but like, he had some really solid throws. And I like that Dable's kind of letting him kind of air it out like like he's definitely going downfield like I liked what I saw from the Giants even though it was a gross performance so against one of like the better pass rushing teams in the league with the Cowboys last night I thought Daniel Jones did a good job on uh, holding his own and if he gets those matchups where he doesn't have to face a lot of pressure he's gonna be good I liked what I saw but I did but Shepard is also he did tear his ACL so you know the injuries just continue to mount for that team but I, I liked what I saw from Jones last night I was actually pretty impressed.
2: All right, the other one that I'm going to here, it's the team that we saw in that Monday Night Football game. I'm laying the three with the Dallas Cowboys at home. It's at minus 120, and I'm doing this because I think it's going to move to three and a half. Hosting the Washington Commanders, we just talked about it. That Dallas defense got pressure on Daniel Jones. They sacked him five times. Carson Wentz just took nine sacks on Sunday. Now he's going on the road against Dallas. I don't, Dallas is going to put too much pressure pressure on Wentz and he's going to be a mess again. Cooper rush. I've seen, I've seen enough. He's solid. He's three 0 straight up three 0 against the spread as a starter in the NFL bad drops by like CD lamb prevented an even bigger game. He's getting the ball to lamb. He's getting the ball to his guy, Noah Brown. Uh, he's got a decent enough offensive line for the time being. They have two good running backs, in Pollard and Elliot. And I put them in that order in per- on purpose. Pollard and Elliot, two good running backs. Um, good doing. defense. Parsons probably. This is one where you can look at uh, Parsons' like, sack props. Parsons probably sacks once, like three times. Um, and the over-under will probably be 0.75 on Michael Parsons' sacks. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll lay the three with the Cowboys at home.
0: Yeah, good. Uh- So we're heading into week four now. And as of right now, there are one, two, three, four, five quarterbacks that have taken double digit sacks. Wentz and Burrow are at top in the league with 15 apiece. And that's (laughs) before Wentz faces the Cowboys this week. That's going to be something. There isn't any uh, really defensive uh, props up yet, but the total punts is over under eight and a half. I mean...
2: Commanders do that me, over by himself. Give me Dallas team sacks or Micah Parsons sacks or oh, whatever.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep. No, that's I don't really go on defensive stats too much, but I am absolutely going to be on that this week. I will take that any day against Carson Wentz and his 15 sacks on the season, even before he faces the Cowboys. Okay, uh, we good?
2: We're good. Unless you got to have you have you actually put out a play for this week on anything, or we're saving that for Thursday.
0: We'll save that for Thursday. Okay, I got to I gotta digest this this board uh, a little bit more. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. We will be back on Thursday uh, with a guest, maybe a yes, guest. Yes, a guest. Are we gonna... we'll, we'll be back with a guest to be determined, but I promise we'll be a third man in the booth on virtually, however you want to call it. For Julian Edlow, I'm Steve Buchanan. We love Samir. We'll see you on Thursday. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.